Hello, everyone. Um, a warm welcome to all of you. Uh, I born from Sri Lanka. On behalf of the Authenticities community, it has been a huge pleasure bringing you these live sessions. Your host for today is Rupert Bailey, the owner of Top House Cinnamon Plantation in the south coast of Sri Lanka. Rupert joins from his cinnamon estate in Valigama. Being a farmer, he's not the best when it comes to technology, so apologies in advance for him for any glitches. Rupert and Charlotte fell in love with Sri Lanka on their first visit in 2006. Soon after, in a moment of madness, they bought a long abandoned cinnamon plantation and the rest is history now. <laughs> years, 16 years on, uh, on the, uh, 16 years on and they are living a dream of their lives, farming, entertaining and relaxing. Agriculture is uh, the wisest pursuit because it is, it will in the end contribute to most, to real wealth, good morals and happiness. The farmer has to be an optimist or he wouldn't still be a farmer. To introduce you to Ceylon Cinnamon and Top House, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Rupert Bailey. Over to you, Rupert. Well, thank you for your introduction, Shanita. You I, I, I'd like to impress upon everybody that those were Shanita's words, not mine. He, he, he gives this impression of, of cinnamon farmer just sitting around relaxing and having a good time all day. I can't tell you how, how much hard work it is being a cinnamon farmer. And I've been up a lot earlier this morning than Shanita has, that's for sure. Um, anyway, I'm going to tell you about, uh, about Ceylon cinnamon, which is what we farm here. And, and, and about our story, because there, there is a story to it, really. And this picture here is, this is really the beginning of the story, where um, this is a spot just about a few minutes walk from where I am now. And uh, a while ago, uh, Charlotte and I came to Sri Lanka and um, loved the country and loved the people and loved the place. And we found ourselves climbing a hill and uh, it was a just, just jungle, a very high hill, and we got to the top. And uh, we walked to the edge of it. We, it was so thick with jungle that we could, we could hardly see the view from the middle. And we got, we got to the edge of it. And we got to precisely this spot that you can see there. And we looked out through those rubber trees and we thought, what a lovely place this would be to sit around and, and watch the sunset and have a glass of wine. And then one thing led to another and this ridiculous fantasy slowly became a reality. And, and this spot, this, this picture Dilshad took just last week, this is where indeed we, we sit sometimes and have a glass of wine and watch the sunset and wonder how on earth it all happened. Anyway, um, so that's Charlotte. And um, she's, she's uh, she and I have done this together. Um, we came out here and we uh, saw the land and we actually um, agreed to buy it on our first visit. And it really was a moment of madness. And it was a, it was a long abandoned cinnamon plantation that was completely overgrown. It's about 25 acres. Here it is, here's an aerial shot. Um, and you can see what the plantation looks like now to the to the left-hand side of the, the, the cinnamon plants and 
right on the corner there, you can, you can see the plateau. It's a, it's a long hill, about a kilometer long and 50 meters high. To the left is the north, and that's just jungle. And to the right is the south, where you can see that beautiful paddy field. And then uh, um, a bit more jungle, and that's the outskirts of a town called Velegama. And then the other side of that, so less than a kilometer away, is the ocean, Velegama Bay, and the Indian Ocean. And um, it's, a, it's a beautiful sight from, from, from the top. But we had to put in uh, we had to put in roads and power and water supply and and build uh, all sorts of you know accommodation and you know it really was a starting from point zero and this is what it looks like now we, we haven't quite finished um, we spent a lot of time uh, clearing the land uprooting kind of almost just shagged out cinnamon plants and replacing them and um, cultivating new land. And we're about 90% we're about there, um, but it's still very much work in progress. There's a story to cinnamon and, uh, and uh, it's integral to the history of Sri Lanka. And this is a map um, of the Indian Ocean. And you can see the beautiful little island of Sri Lanka tucked away at the bottom there. And Sri Lanka is, is the source of, well, not Sri Lanka alone, but Sri Lanka is one of the places that cinnamon comes from. It also comes from um, what is now Indonesia, Java, Borneo, um, and from Vietnam and from Southern China. And the, back in, I mean, a very, very long time ago, cinnamon, was, was used for its scent and its flavoring. It's mentioned in, in uh, biblical text of 2000 BC, um, in the Song of Solomon. Uh, it's mentioned by um, Herodotus, the Greek uh, historian in about 500 BC. And because the trade then was controlled by people in the Middle East, the Arabs, um, they would, they would uh, sail across from East Africa, across to Sri Lanka, across to Ind Indonesia, collect the cinnamon, bring it back again. But they never, they never said where it came from. And they would then take it up um, to the Mediterranean and trade with the Phoenicians and the Greeks, and they would take it to Europe. And this spice became very valuable, not so much because it had such a fine scent or such a fine flavor, but because it was so precious. And, and uh, Herodotus, the Greek historian, tells these stories, these myths about how you get cinnamon, how you have, to, you have to go to a bird's nest very high up in the trees and the nest is guarded by this ferocious eagle type bird and you have to get slings to um, shoot the, the branches of the nest down with your sling, complete nonsense all made up by the Arabs to make cinnamon so much more precious. And uh, in Europe, it became, it's, I mean, at, at one point, it was almost as valuable as gold in weight. And it wasn't because it had any particular benefit. It was that it was a sign of wealth. And rich people would show off with cinnamon. Nero famously um, cremated his wife, dead wife. 
um, with cinnamon sticks as just as a, as a pure display of wealth. And in time, the Europeans, the Portuguese first, who were great naval explorers, set about trying to find the source of these, of the cinnamon. Cinnamon, not, ju not just cinnamon, it was also nutmeg and pepper, which also came from uh, the Indian Ocean. And they finally battled their way around the um, Cape of Good Hope, you know, around the, the southern tip of, of Africa, into the um, Indian Ocean. And they found the source of cinnamon and, and the other spices. And uh, they set up um, trading forts in Sri Lanka and uh, in Indonesia and in the Philippines. And they would ship it back again to Europe but they would also ship it across the Pacific. Their main trading depot was in the Philippines, in Manila. And they would ship it across the Philippines to, um, uh, sorry, across the Pacific to the Americas. And if you go, if you go from anywhere on, on you know, East Asia across the first place you hit in the Americas is Mexico, Acapulco. And Mexico continues to be, to this day, much the biggest importer of Ceylon cinnamon. And it was a taste that they just developed from the days of the Portuguese traders in the 15th and uh, 16th centuries. And then in the 17th century, um, the Dutch came along and uh, kicked out the Portuguese from Sri Lanka or, uh, or, or Ceylon as it, was, as it was then known. And then in the 19th century, the Brits came along and kicked out the Dutch. And then finally in, in uh, 1948, um, Sri Lanka happily achieved its, or re-achieved its independence and is uh, exporting cinnamon still very largely to um, uh, Mexico and other countries on the west coast of Latin America. So uh, places like Peru is a very big buyer of, of uh, Ceylon cinnamon, but also exporting it um, into uh, Australia and um, Europe, mainly Germany and the UK, and to the States. So cinnamon is, is very closely tied up with Sri Lankan history and still plays a big part in the economy of, uh, of Sri Lanka. Um, now, when you walk into um, a spice store in Sydney or Melbourne, you probably just buy a jar of cinnamon. A lot of people actually have no idea what, what cinnamon really is. It, uh, it, it comes from the inner bark of a tree. Um, there are actually two kinds of, two kinds of cinnamon and um, Sri Lankans would, would, would hotly dispute that there are two kinds of cinnamon. They would say there is only one kind of cinnamon and that's Ceylon cinnamon. The botanical name for Ceylon cinnamon is Cinnamomum verum which means true cinnamon. And the other kind of cinnamon is, is uh, Cinnamomum cassia, which um, in, in some countries is known by its true name cassia, but generally in the world, so in the States and, and uh, Europe is, is, comes under the description cinnamon. And um, they're actually very different in taste. Um, uh, Cassia has a, has a very sweet, strong, bold taste. It's grown as a tree. Um, you, you plant it, you come back in 20 years, you cut the tree down, you strip the bark, and you curl it into, into a hollow tube. If you look to the left of this picture, 
you can see um, four sticks of cassia and you can see how the tubes are hollow. Um, on the right-hand side of the picture is Ceylon cinnamon, this is true cinnamon, which is much more like a cigar. And I'll, I'll show you a bit later on how, how we make, how we prepare it. But um, it has, it's not hollow, it's, it's filled with very fine, paper-thin um, pieces of bark. And what you get in your jar is, is ground cinnamon, it's grated cinnamon. This is, this, the grater you can see on the right is something that actually we, uh, we invented and uh, we, we sell. Uh, it's, it's specially designed to grate um, fresh cinnamon. And uh, um, it's much better to buy fresh cinnamon sticks and, and grate them at your table than to buy a jar. What's in a jar in, in, the, in the spice store has probably been sitting in a jar for a couple of years. It was probably put in a jar a couple of years ago, and it was probably stale before it was put in the jar in the first place. So if ever you have the choice, always buy cinnamon sticks and, and, and always try and make sure they're fresh. And the way to tell if they're fresh is just to break them. If you, if you smell a cinnamon stick, it won't smell of anything, but if you break it, you release the scent, and then you'll, scent, you'll smell the fresh cinnamon. So what I'm going to talk about from here on in is, is Ceylon cinnamon, true cinnamon, and uh, just, just ig ignore cassia. Now, um, we, 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 make, uh, we farm cinnamon here, and we make not only cinnamon quills from which the powder is made, but we also make oil from the leaves. So let me describe to you how, how we do these, these two things. The first thing you need is a cinnamon peeler. And this is, uh, this is Ratu, mean looking guy. Ratu is, is uh, Sinhalese for red, or you know, he's, he's known by the name uh, uh, Ratu, or Rusty you might say. He's actually an incredibly nice guy. And um, Ratu started working for us about about uh, eight years ago. And um, he was part of a team that were working under a contractor in just trying to maintain the land. And Radu came along after a few months and he said, you're doing this all wrong. And um, so we sat down and talked about it and he said, you, you've got the wrong people, you're paying them wrong, you're treating the plants wrong, you've got to start again. So after a deep breath, I said, okay, Ratu, let's, let's do it. Ratu comes from uh, Amalangoda, which is about an hour north from here. It's, it's kind of cinnamon central. It's the heartland of cinnamon. And um, Ratu, Ratu came back with a, with a couple more cinnamon peelers. And we started, uh, we started building from there. What Ratu is holding, by the way, is a thing called a ketta. You can't really see its shape. Um, it's like a machete, and every peeler has his own uh, ketta. Uh, it's like a it's like a soldier with his with his rifle. You you take great care of your ketta. You sharpen it every morning, and you don't buy it in a shop. You go to a blacksmith, and he he makes it for you. You you choose the wood, you choose the weight, you choose the balance, you choose the size of the blade, and and he makes it for you. It's a wonderful thing to watch. Anyway, so once you've got your peeler or your team of peelers, you set to work. Now here is, a, here is a sort of sequence of pictures. The first, the first is top left. That is uh, Nilantha. And uh, what he's showing with a, with a smile he's putting on, especially for the photograph, 
is you can see the you can see his keter in his in his uh, right hand. We get up early in the morning before um, uh, before the sun really rises, and cut branches from the cinnamon plant. We only cut the mature stems. That stems that's about that stems about uh, about uh, maybe an inch and a half in diameter. Um, and where we cut a new shoot will grow. So it's rather like pruning roses. You cut at a certain angle with one, at a kind of 45 degree angle with one chop of that keta. And then in no time at all, new shoots will grow. So you can see to, the, to, to our right, a couple of new green shoots have come through. They're probably six months old. And behind that, you can see another shoot that's probably a year old. So the plant is constantly regenerating. It's like, it's like pollarding a willow. Um, and it keeps going for somewhere between 60 and 90 years. It's, it continues to be productive if you, if you look after it right. So we cut the sticks and we trim off the outer branches and we leave the leaves on the ground for the time being. And then on the right, top right-hand picture, you can see um, another peeler, Samantha, who is loading the cut sticks onto uh, the trailer. This Dilshad took this picture last week. He was here and I got him up early and said, come on out and see, see what it's really like. So this rather groggy figure came out with his camera and, um, and took that. So here we are loading the cinnamon sticks onto the trailer. We then take them down the hill to the cinnamon hut, which is where the peeling goes on. And uh, bottom right is a picture of Samantha peeling. Now it looks, it looks a bit messy, but actually there is, there is method to all this. Um, he's sitting on a, on a sack, a, 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 it's not really a cushion, it's a folded sack made of a special Hessian material. And he won't sit on anything else. He won't sit on a cushion, he won't sit on a chair. I have to go a long way to find that particular kind of material for him to sit on. And he sits on a, the floor, this whole, the whole building was designed by the peelers. So I said, you know, what, what do you want? And they said, we want a big room like this with a, with a polished cement floor, which is cool, and polished cement walls, and we want to sit on the floor in our Hessian sacks and get comfortable and, and do it. So here he is. The first thing we do is scrape off the outer bark, which is just like a protective layer. It, it's, it's nothing. We throw it away. And you can see in the near ground the, the outer bark that's been scraped off. And then he gets a little knife. It's a bit like a butter knife. And it's, it's not very sharp, but it's the way you use it. He, he just very deftly puts the blade underneath the inner bark and unpeels it. Like, it's, like, it's like skinning it. And to our left, you can see what we call quillings and featherings. Quillings are the, those kind of hollow tubes that he's, he's skinned from, from the bark in one piece. And the featherings are the, are the little knobbly bits that remain, say, on a corner or on a joint. Um, and he will spend uh, the day cutting. He'll, he'll I mean, Samantha's a, a master peeler, which is a very big deal. And he will, he will peel maybe 60, 70 sticks in a day. And towards the end of the day, he will have a big pile of quillings and featherings. And then he will set about making the quills. And what he does is he takes the the, the quillings that you have on the left, and he starts packing inside them, just threading into them, those little featherings. 
um, and making a long quill. If I just jump forward, you can see close up what it looks like. Yeah, this is a this is a quill, and you can you can see that the you can see the the the, the, the quilling forms the outer bit, and then he's packed inside these fine little pieces to create this cigar effect. And if I just go back again, here, you can see the quills that he's done. This is a shot taken from the, from the ground of the cinnamon hut looking up to the roof. And these uh, quills are drying in the, in the warm breeze inside the hut. If you dry them outside, the sun is too hot and it'll just cook the outside and, and um, and the, the, the inside will, will be too damp. So it takes about a week, depending on the weather, to dry them. And then we, we put them into bales, bundle them up, and take them off to the, to the local trader and sell them. And then the trader takes them, uh, puts them in a, in, a, in a big container and ships them straight to Mexico or Ecuador or Peru or, or to, um, to Europe. Um, the next thing we have is oil. I mentioned earlier that when we um, harvest the cinnamon sticks, we trim off the leaves and leave them on the ground for a bit. Um, they're, they're beautiful, very olivey green leaves, and they have a they have a an oil to them that is that is quite unique. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely scent. It's it is it's a bit cinnamony. But it's it's um, it's more like a it's more like a perfume than a than a fruit. What you can see here is um, well on the on the bottom right you can see the oil that we make. This is a big uh, glass jar that, that contains about twenty liters of oil. Um, that that takes us months to make that much oil. And the way we do it is if you look to the top left, um, this is a slightly boring sort of technical photograph. You can see on the right-hand side is the still, that, that wooden clad barrel is a still. And behind that, that big round cement fixture is a, is a cooling tank that's full of water. And then to the left is what we call the separating tank. So we, we, we pack the still with leaves and we um, put steam through the still, to, you, you can't see to the right, there's a fire which, which cooks water, turns it to steam. The steam goes through the still and the steam literally cooks the leaves and the um, oil from the leaves turns into a gas and it mixes with the steam and it goes through that little pipe you can see at the top into a cooling tank and it goes, stays in the pipe but goes round and round in a cooling tank full of water and as it goes round, it descends and it gets cooler and it turns from a gas back into a liquid. And then it goes into the separating tank on the left. And what you have there is a, is a liquid, which is a mixture of oil and water. And as it settles, and you can see in these two little bottles there on the left, the oil settles to the bottom and the water rises to the top because cinnamon oil is very slightly heavier than water. That's the separating process. And, and uh, on a slightly larger scale than those bottles, we uh, we pour most of the water out of the top and then we have a little ladle which we use to separate the remaining bits of water and then we bottle it up and that is that is our cinnamon oil that instrument you can see on the right that is something that 
um, something actually I, I had made in England. It's called a hydrometer and it, it measures the density of a liquid. And this was specially made to measure the density of cinnamon oil because that's how you can tell whether it's pure or not. And um, uh, everything that we do here is, uh, you know, I've just learned from local people. 90, 99% I've learned from local people and I've just copied them. But very occasionally there's a way of improving something. And for example, with this hydrometer, where we can measure very precisely the, the uh, density of the oil and we can measure how fine our oil is. And what we set out to do is make the finest oil possible. Um, now this next picture is a, is a, you can see there, it's a slightly wonky picture, but um, this guy is, uh, he's called Boudicca, he's known as Baby. And you can see on the right, the, the, the flame, the, that little fire is the fire from the furnace, which is cooking the water. And in the distance, you can just see the still and the water cooling tank and the separating tank. On the right-hand side, you can see peeled cinnamon sticks. So when we've peeled the cinnamon and made our cinnamon quills, we bring the sticks here to the oil shed and we use them as fuel for the fire. Cinnamon sticks are very good fuel to make a high heat very quickly. So they're very good for boiling water, um, but they're not very good for a, the, the slow, consistent heat we need to control the flow of steam. So you can see that what, what Baby is actually doing there is he is actually shoveling in the fuel that we use. And this is just a wonderful circularity. The fuel we use is the spent leaves from the last cook. So those leaves on the ground in the, in the middle are leaves that were in the still yesterday and have been cooked. They will have no more oil on them. They're still slightly moist and we use them for fuel. And then those leaves on the, on the left are bundles of leaves that we will be cooking tomorrow and in future, they're just drying out. So the whole process is entirely sustainable. We don't use electricity for anything at all. And even the ash from the fire, we take the ash and we mix it with mud and we make a, a sort of very fast baking clay and we use that clay to seal the lid of the still every time. So it's, it's very, very satisfying knowing that nothing is wasted at all and nothing is brought into the process. Um, these are, these are cinnamon leaves. These are the leaves that we cook and they've got lovely, lovely rain on them. One of the strange things about Sri Lanka, well, strange to a, to a European and, 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 and to an Australian too, is that we, we in Europe, when we see a red leaf, it's a sign of, of autumn, of leaves falling and dying. Here in Sri Lanka, new leaves are red they start a very lipstick red and slowly they, the color tempers and they turn to a pale pink and then green and then a deep green. So these are new leaves coming through. And we see this, again, you don't have a cycle, you don't have seasons here. I, I, I see new leaves coming through on the cinnamon plantation maybe three, four times a year. Um, cinnamon has, has, a, has a range of, of uh, 
benefits. If you Google cinnamon health benefits, you'll be, you'll be looking all day. But the ones which it's most well known for and which are most uh, validated are um, in managing your blood sugar levels. A lot of people with type 2 diabetes use it to help manage their, their blood sugar levels. Um, and that's something that it's, is you know, increasingly being used um, by medical practitioners to, to support other medication. Um, cinnamon itself, cinnamon powder, is, is very high in antioxidants. Um, it's, it's twice as high, for example, than turmeric, uh, which is you know, most well-known for its antioxidants. So it's a, it's a great spice for that. It's, it's packed with all sorts of other nutrients. So it's a good, it's what they call a super spice. And then it has one other purpose that um, very few people outside Sri Lanka know about, and that is that uh, the oil from cinnamon leaves repels mosquitoes. They hate it. So one of the things we do is we make a, a, a spray, um, a mix of our cinnamon oil, um, which we then remix with the uh, cinnamon water, the distilled water from the um, extraction process. We remix it and, and when we put it in a jar, I've got, I've got one here, and, um, and it's just a simple spray. And uh, we sell it here in Sri Lanka and actually we sell it online from a, um, a business we have in the UK and it's, and it's slowly taking off. We sell actually quite a lot into Australia um, and into the States. And it's, it is the, the only genuinely natural uh, mosquito repellent. And it's totally effective. We had it tested in the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. And they said um, over a uh, one and a half hour period it was 98% effective. And that was just one pesky mosquito who, who uh, didn't do it. So it's got a lot of health benefits and it's, it's more and more popular as part of a, of a, of a general program of, of, of health supplements or, or, or just healthy things to mix with your fruit or your, put on your apple pie or put on your, on your cappuccino. Now, we don't do this for love, we do this um, to make money. Uh, you can see Ratu on the left there. In the middle is um, Pretty Mal, who is actually uh, Samantha's, the master peeler's son. That's, that's me on the right. Here's another little bit of technology we use. It's a, a, um, a digital scales. When you, when you sell by the kilo, every gram counts. And so um, by bringing out, some, you, you can't get digital scales here in Sri Lanka. So it's, it's made a huge difference, just that one little bit of equipment to, to help us um, uh, measure our, our, our scales, measure our, our weights. You've got there just under 50 kilos of cinnamon. Cinnamon trades now just over um, 2,000 rupees a kilo. So that's, uh, that's, about, that's about 550 US dollars, those two, um, those two bales of, of cinnamon. Um, we, so we, we have a range of different business lines. We, we sell this cinnamon to an exporter locally, and as I say, it goes to mostly South America. We also sell our oil um, online. Um, and uh, we have, which I'll, I'll, I'll come on to at the end, we also have a tour business where, where we, we bring people along and show them, show them what we do. Um, here you can see, um, here you can see all our people. 
This was taken actually uh, a while ago on the Sinhalese New Year, which is in uh, April. We didn't, we, we didn't have it this year because of coronavirus. Um, but uh, everybody comes up with their families and we just, have a, we just have a fun day for everybody. We have a, we have a policy of always trying to hire local people. Um, in that crowd, we have, um, we have two father and son teams. We have uh, two brother and sister teams. Um, you know, it works very well. Uh, Hiring, hiring people who know each other well, who are related to each other, who will then trust each other and uh, depend upon each other. Um, and of course, we, we depend upon them too. Um, the final business is the, uh, the tour business. Um, here you can see, here's, here's, the, here's the house where we live without the people. This was the house we, we, we built. What we do is we, we invite um, tourists uh, to come along on a private tour and we can accommodate, um, well, generally depends how many people can fit in the back of a trailer. Um, a trailer can, can comfortably seat six people at a squash, eight people, otherwise we have to lay on a new trailer, but it's generally small groups of people. Um, Private tours, so we just, you know, it's, it's a, it might be a family or a group of friends traveling together. And um, they, they arrive in their smart Colombo van and, and then they get hoofed out and put in the back of a trailer. And, and at first they think, what's going on here? But very quickly they get the hang of it. And we, we go, um, we see the peelers at work. Uh, we see the oil making in action. And very often they get, they get, they get uh, involved in the oil making. Um, and I do the tour myself, and um, that takes about an hour, hour and a half. And then we bring them up to the house where um, they might come along and have some sandwiches and a beer or, a, or, or some, some tea and cake or, or some lunch. Join us. You know, we do a lunch hosted um, uh, by Charlotta and just sit down and shoot the breeze. And they're often quite curious to know what on earth brought a Brit to be a cinnamon farmer in Sri Lanka, so there's bits chat about at lunch, um, and and that's that's what keeps us going. Here's Nadi, our cook. Most of the food we cook is grown up here on the hill, um, and what isn't grown here we buy freshly from from uh, Veligama nearby. But if you haven't been to Sri Lanka, you will know that it is it has an, an abundance of fresh fruits and fish and vegetables, and you you eat like a king. Everyone eats like a king in Sri Lanka. It's just a wonderful place to eat. And you can eat as well on a, on a shack on the beach behind a fishmonger's as you can in the smartest of restaurants. And this is a message from um, Aranda. He's got a bale of cinnamon there. Aranda is, uh, he's, a, he's actually a part of a father-son team. His father, Somadasa, works here as well. Aranda is our youngest peeler. He's actually a self-taught peeler, and he's a, he's a very good peeler. And um, Iranda, who, who, who knows what I'm doing now, he said, he said, tell them to come to Sri Lanka. So that's our message here is thanks for listening to all this and come and see us in Sri Lanka. Over to you, Shanita. Thank you very much, Rupert. Okay. It was excellent, very inspiring. Bye-bye, we'll in guys. Thank you Fantastic. So much. Thanks, Rupert. Appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye.